All right. Our first series of the school year is called Best Night. That's right. Our first series is called Best Night because this is the best night of the week. Best night of the week. I, I promise you, by the time you like leave here, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wednesday is the best night of the week. So I've been thinking a lot about some of the best news that I've ever received in my life. Has anybody in here ever gotten some really good news before? Maybe a phone call. Maybe your parents came and told you something. When I was a senior in high school, I remember the football coaches at Wheaton College calling me on the phone and saying, Danny, we want you to come play for us. And so I think there's a picture of me signing my national letter of intent to go play football. Look at Yeah. I celebrated in that moment because it was great news. I remember being a senior in college and Jake Sullivan, who's my boss here at Grace Church, he called me on the phone after I had done a couple of interviews and said, Danny, we want you to come work at Grace Church and be the middle school pastor. And I celebrated in that moment. I think there's a picture of me as like my first maybe retreat, my first retreat here on staff. Man, did I celebrate when I got the job. I remember a few years ago now, my best friend, Matt, calling me and telling me, hey, I want you to come with me to Chicago. I'm going to propose to my girlfriend, Jay. So I got a picture that I took of them on their engagement day. We celebrated because it was such good news. Matt and Jay, they've been married for like two years now. It's crazy. And I remember like almost two years ago, my other best friend, Eric, called me on the phone. And he said, Danny, my wife, Olivia, and I are going to have a baby. And that's me with Eric's little baby, EJ, Eric Jr., And when Eric told me he was having a baby, I celebrated. It was such good news. You guys, there are so many things that are absolutely worth celebrating. We call Wednesdays the best night of the week because we believe that Jesus can take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. We know what God who goes above and beyond to celebrate sinners who repent and follow him. Ultimately, we see that when we gather together, just like we are doing, we get a glimpse of the best version of eternity with our perfect king who loves us. In this series, we're going to take a look at three different best night-themed events in the scriptures. And we're going to understand why we say this is the best night of the week. My hope with this message is to give you a reason to celebrate tonight. Because you need to know, following Jesus is a cause for celebration. So if you take away one big idea from my message tonight, it's this, that we are called to celebrate. We are called to celebrate. Tonight, we're going to be looking at the account of how Jesus called a guy named Levi to be his disciple. This account, it's found in Matthew, it's found in Mark, and it's found in Luke. But I'm going to look in particular at Luke's account. So if you have a Bible, open it up to Luke chapter 5. 
verse 27, Luke chapter 5, verse 27. And since this is the start of the year, I want to I set the tone right away. Okay? First best night of the year, I want to set the tone. When I get up to preach, it's coming straight from the Bible. We will always open God's word together. When I'm reading from the Bible, the text will be up on the screens so you can follow along. But I want you to have your Bible open in front of you so that you can read along in it, so that you can check me and make sure what I am saying is in the Bible is actually in the Bible. Does that make sense? Okay. So when we pick up this story in Luke chapter 5, Jesus, he's started to to make a name for himself. He's been going around. He's been miraculously healing people. He has started to gather crowds whenever he starts to speak. And he's been going to individual people within the crowd and calling them to be his disciple, his inner circle. The role of the disciple is to, to learn from and to become like the one that you follow. And in this text, Jesus is going to call a man named Levi to be his disciple. So let's take a look. Luke Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 27. Everybody there, if you got a Bible in front of you? All right, follow along with me. It says that later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi. And he was sitting in his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Later, Levi held a great banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call those not who think that they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners and need to repent. So I want to pull out kind of three things from that passage of scripture. If you're someone who likes to take notes, you are going to love the way that I preach because I like to go kind of one, two, three. It's nice and orderly. I would encourage you to do that if that helps you remember things, to take notes on what I say. The first thing I want to make sure that you see in this passage is this. You need to part ways with your old ways. Part ways with your old ways. So I told you when I was a senior in high school, I was being recruited to play college football. And it was mostly small schools, you know, some, some D3 schools, a couple D2 schools. And, and every time I would go visit a new college and, and meet with their coaches and meet with their team, they'd try to sell me on their school. They'd tell me like, hey, this is why you should come here. This is what it looks like to be a football player here. This is why our school is better than that other school that's recruiting you. This is why you should come and play here. They all had their own version of this sales pitch. But right off the bat here in Luke chapter 5, we see that Jesus isn't messing around. Like he didn't come with some persuasive sales pitch trying to recruit Levi on why Levi should come and follow him. 
He says, with authority, follow me, be my disciple. And Levi gets up and he follows Jesus. He leaves everything behind and follows Jesus. Levi somehow knows in that moment that everything that Jesus is offering is better than anything that he would have to leave behind. And here's why this is so crazy, you guys. You see, Levi had the worst life and the best life. And he walks away from all of it. Levi, he was a tax collector. And the thing is, with tax collectors in Israel in the first century, they were the most hated individuals in all of society. The Roman Empire was in power and they were oppressing the people of Israel. And tax collectors were Israeli citizens who worked for the Roman Empire. And they would collect taxes from their countrymen and give it to the empire. And what was worse was that the tax collectors would charge more than what the Romans were charging. And they'd pocket that extra money. So not only were they traitors, they were thieves on top of it. And everyone hated them. They might have the best life because they're super wealthy, but they had the worst life because of their social standing. But it didn't matter what people thought about Levi. It didn't matter that he had to walk away from all his money. He left it all to follow Jesus. See, I don't know the story of every single person in this room, but I know some of you really well. And I hope to get to know the rest of you guys really well this year. And I know some of your stories, what's going on in your lives. Some of you feel like you're just living the worst life. You feel like you don't have any friends. Maybe your parents got divorced. Maybe you feel trapped in these different patterns of sin, and every time you try to break free, it just, it just reels you right back in. Maybe you've been making the same choices with the same friends leading to the same results and you just can't figure out how to be done. Jesus is calling you to leave it all behind, just like Levi did. Leave behind the shame from the choices that you've been making. Leave behind the addiction to sin. Leave behind the bitterness you feel towards your parents, the hurt that friends have caused you. Leave it behind and follow Jesus part ways with your old ways. But some of you, some of you feel like you're living the best life. You're at the top of your class academically. You're seeing success on the field athletically. You're coming from a family that's kind of got it all. The house, the car, the, the yard, the dog. Jesus is calling you to leave it all behind too. Jesus isn't saying like you need to like leave your family, run away from home. But maybe leave behind the entitlement. Jesus isn't saying like you need to quit your team believe behind how your sport has become your idol and this number one thing that you're putting before God. You don't have to stop succeeding in school, but leave behind your pride in your own accomplishments. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says this. He says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, talking about Satan. But then he says about himself, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. What Jesus offers you, if you follow him, is better than the best thing. 
Abundant means overflowing. Jesus offers more. So part ways with your old ways. Turn away from whatever is keeping you from a relationship with God. Levi parts ways with his old ways. But he doesn't just disappear. He throws a party with a purpose. And so that's point two. If you're taking notes, point number two is party with a purpose. Because as we keep walking through this passage, the next thing we see is that, that Levi holds this banquet. And it's at his house. So imagine tax collector. He's got a lot of money. He's probably got a pretty big house. So party's at his house. And he invites all of his coworkers, all the other tax collectors. Your translation, if you've got it in front of you, might say all the tax collectors and sinners. But Jesus is the guest of honor. And Levi throws this party because he wants other people to meet this guy, Jesus. And Levi views this moment as cause for celebration. This is a party with a purpose. See, Jesus, he loves to talk about celebrating. Later on in Luke's gospel, if we were to flip ahead a few chapters, Jesus tells like three stories in a row about somebody who lost something, then went and looked for it, found it, and then called all their neighbors together to come celebrate the fact that he found it. And it says that the point of all three of those stories is that in heaven, the angels literally throw a party every single time someone parts ways with their old ways and follows Jesus, becomes a disciple. And so if heaven is celebrating, I think that we should too. See, following Jesus isn't boring. Following Jesus is the most fun-filled, exciting life that there is. We call this the best night of the week for a reason. It's not hype. It's not a clever marketing scheme. It's the truth. We gather here hundreds. Literally, there are hundreds of you in here. Students from schools all around the area to come together to worship God, to be this family of people who follows Jesus. We come here to get filled up so that we can go back into schools, neighborhoods, sports teams, friend groups. We come here so that we can reach people with the hope and the joy and the purpose that comes from following Jesus. We want to see God's glory in the next generation. I want to see middle school students who have said yes to following Jesus, like changing the hallways of schools, like changing the trajectory of entire friend groups, changing the culture of sports teams, changing the future of families. You have that kind of influence because you follow Jesus. And that is 100% worth celebrating. But if you're here tonight and you're feeling kind of stuck, maybe feeling like following Jesus isn't really fun right now. Maybe what you need to do, maybe the thing, the only thing you need to take away from tonight's message is that it's time to go deeper in your faith. It's time to take the next step. It's time to trust Jesus with that part of your life that you haven't trusted him with that part that you've been holding on to, saying, Jesus, you can have all this part of my life, but not this one part, I'm going to hold on to it. Whatever is keeping you from the abundant life of Jesus, your 
Your next step is whatever's keeping you, get rid of it, follow Jesus. I want you to be free to celebrate. I want you to feel like throwing a party every time you think about the fact that you know Jesus. I want you to experience what it's like to know that true joy is only found in Jesus. And you can use that celebration as an opportunity to invite some people in. Maybe you've got friends, family, teammates, classmates who don't know Jesus. Invite some people that need to know Jesus just like you do. But then this passage ends with the Pharisees complaining to Jesus and his disciples about the fact that they're hanging out with all these traitorous, thieving tax collectors. See, the Pharisees, they were like the religious elite. They were were ones that prided themselves on being so unlike all those sinners out there. And they were constantly criticizing Jesus for hanging out with sinners. And Jesus responds in a really interesting way. So my, my third point tonight is participate in the party. Participate in the party. See, the Pharisees, they come at Jesus for just associating with someone like Levi. They consider Levi to be too far gone, too sinful, someone who has no business following God. They can't believe that Jesus would want someone like that in his inner circle. And Jesus, he responds by saying this. He says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call those who think, not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. See, the Pharisees, they thought they were righteous, meaning they were in right standing before God. But Levi, he knows he's broken. He knows what his past looks like. He knows the choices that he's made. He knows that before God, he is a sinner. And because he knows that he needs God, he knows that he's not good enough on his own. And Jesus, he's like a doctor. The doctor doesn't spend time with the healthy people. The doctor spends time with the sick, the injured, the broken people. I think that this is so important because a room like this, I bet you that we've got 170 middle schoolers in this room right now. In a room this size, I think that there's somebody in here, and maybe it's a lot of somebody's in here, who know that they're like Levi. You know that something is broken inside of you. And on page one of our Bibles, we see that God created the whole universe. He created the sun and the moon, the stars, the sky, the plants, the animals, sea, land, and he created human beings. And he gave these human beings everything that they could ever want. He fulfilled every need that they had, and he gave them a rule. And the rule was, hey, all of this garden that I've planted for you, it's all food for you except for one tree. Don't eat from this one tree. Everything else, that's for you. But these first two humans, Adam and Eve, they thought that they could be God better than God could be God. And they rebelled against God. They broke the rules that he had set. And their rebellion has been born into us now too. And the Bible is really clear that 
rebels against God, they deserve a death sentence. This sickness of sin has separated us from the God who loves us and created us because he's perfect, he's holy. He and sin cannot coexist. And so we try whatever we can to fix this broken relationship like on our own. We try to do enough good things to like outweigh the bad things. Maybe you try and live a life that just like you forget that you need God. You create this life around yourself where you don't even think about the fact that you need God. Maybe you try to outsmart God and come up with all these reasons why you're actually okay and, 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 and maybe you deserve to get in. But nothing that we do can fix what's broken inside of us. So God himself became human. He became just like we are. Jesus is God made flesh. And he lived the perfect human life that we could never live. Up to God's standard in every single way. He never had a thought that was outside of God's will, a desire that was outside of God's will. He never did anything that was against God. He was perfect and sinless. And the perfect sinless one took the death sentence for the rebel. Jesus died in your place. Jesus died in my place so that we could be healed from this sin infection and restored to a relationship with God. But Jesus, he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave. He conquered sin and death forever so that it would have no more control over us, so that we could be free from it, so that we could live the life that God created us to live. It's a life that can start right now, and it's a life that lasts forever. And I'll tell you what, that's worth celebrating. So if you're in here, if you're in here, and you've never, never heard about Jesus before. Maybe a friend invited you and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, this whole thing's super new. Maybe you've heard about Jesus a whole lot. But it's like finally making sense for you tonight. I want you to know that tonight can be the night that you part ways with your old ways and follow Jesus. Tonight can be the night that you party with a purpose. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it says this, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. It's that simple, you guys. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that his death counted for you, and if you declare that you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, that he's in control of you, you're not in control of you. You can be saved from your sin right now. And so if you, if you feel like that's you tonight, that you're someone who has never trusted Jesus before, and if you're feeling like the weight of your sin and you want freedom from it, if you've been rejecting God 
in your life and you're ready to surrender and stop fighting him, then I would love to lead you in a prayer. See, there's nothing magical about this prayer. It's not like a spell. It's not a thing where you've got to say just the right words. It's, it's truly just an honest confession that you need Jesus. It's an acknowledgement that, that he is Lord of your life and that you are not. And it's, it's putting your faith in him, your trust in him. And I know that in this room, there's a ton of you who have done this already. Maybe it was like in VBS when you were a little kid. Maybe it was like when you were like eight or nine and it was like in your mom and dad's bedroom and they kind of led you in a prayer similar to this. Maybe if you were on winter retreat last year or summer camp this past summer, that's when you gave your life to Jesus. I want you to know that if you've already given your life to Jesus, like you did it right the first time. You don't have to have anxiety or be anxious about the fact of like whether or not you did it right, said the right words, you did. It's okay. You, your, your salvation is secure with Jesus. But for those of you who know that you have never truly trusted in Jesus before and you want to place your faith in Jesus like right now, tonight, not even waiting another second, I want you to, to just pray this prayer with me in the quietness of your own heart. So I'm going to have every eye closed, every head bowed. And if that's you tonight and you're like, I have never trusted in Jesus before, just pray this silently along, along with me. So every eye closed, every head bowed. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that my desires, my thoughts, my actions, I, I've rebelled against you. I'm sorry. Jesus, please forgive me. I want you to be in control of my life. You are my Lord. You are my King. I believe that you really did die on the cross for my sins. I believe that you really did rise from the grave and conquer sin and death forever. I trust you, Jesus. I, I trust you to save me. So with every eye still closed, every head still bowed, I would just love to know if there's someone in this room who prayed that prayer for the very first time tonight. And so here's, here's how I want to know. I just want, to, I want everyone to keep their eyes closed so that it's nobody looking around, nobody feels embarrassed. But I'm going to count down like to three. And, and if you place, place your faith in Jesus, I want you to just like quickly look up, make eye contact with me, and you can just put your head right back down. I want to know who it is so I can, I can be praying for you. I can follow up with you. I want you to come talk to me about it. Um, so one, remember, you can't save yourself. Two, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God really did raise him from the dead, you will be saved. Three, look up at me now. I see you. Put your head back down. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. I'm just going to pray us out because there are some people in this room who just trusted Jesus for the first time tonight, and that's a cause to celebrate. So, Jesus, I worship you because anything that you're doing is not because of me. It's not because I'm a good speaker. It's because you're a good God. And so, Jesus, I praise you for the students in this room who just placed faith in Jesus. And, and Jesus, I praise you for the students in this room who have been following Jesus for a really long time. God, you are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
And we pray this in your name, Jesus, because your name is the only name given among men by which we must be saved. And so we say amen. Amen.